Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Amen. Shall we pray? Dear Lord Jesus, this morning we come to your presence to receive from you. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we ask you to come. Brood, anoint the words that come from my mouth, anoint my lips of clay, anoint my tongue. Let your word be spoken in truth and in your power. Holy Spirit, have your way with your church and with your people this morning in the name of Jesus. We welcome you. Heal your people. Set them free. Let them go from this place not the same as they came. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible to Psalm 61, verse 3. And I read. It says, Psalm 61, verse 3. Psalm number 61 and verse 3. It says, For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Amen. Say amen again. Let's all read it together. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 6, verse 47. So today I want to share with you a very simple message on this New Year's Day about shelter. Hallelujah. I believe we all need the shelter of God. Amen. We need to stay under His shelter and stay in His plan and in his will. In Luke chapter 6, verse 47, Jesus said, have you found it? It says, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Verse 49. He that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Here ended the reading of the word of God. Good year. We need to stay under shelter. Amen. Say amen. amen. And that is what I want to talk about today. For just about 10 minutes. I want to say, Bible says that God is our shelter. Everybody say, God is our shelter. Listen to me. Just as every one of us, you slept somewhere today. You didn't sleep in the open air. Maybe you slept in the open air. May God give you a house. But most of us, if not 100% of us, slept under a roof. Hallelujah. Because everybody needs a roof over his head. Everybody needs to have a roof over your head to protect you from the storms, to protect you from the rain, to protect you from the things which are natural and which will come. Whether you believe it, whether you want it, or whether you don't want it, it will come. Some people don't like Hamatan, but whether you like it or not, come December every year, Hamatan will come. It's miraculous, but it's the plan of God. 
these things are there and they have to come and they will come. Now, in order to protect ourselves from these things and in order to be able to still be able to continue doing what we have to do, we have to stay under shelter. Amen. We have to stay under the canopy of Almighty God. We have to stay under the shadow of the Lord. We have to stay under His wings. And we have to stay within His covering. And if we go out of His covering, if you go out of His presence, certain things will begin to happen to you. The Bible says in 1 John that he that is born of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. If you are born of God, you must keep yourself, and you must keep yourself under God's covering for God to be able to protect you from the enemy. If there is a war, for instance, I remember in 1982 or 83 or 1980, one of the, one of the years that Rollins, uh, not Rollins, uh, what's the name? The man who came and announced that they have reopened the universities, I think in 1983. Or, 19, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ali Dujura. Uh, yeah, Jua. Ali Dujua or something. He came along and he announced, and that day, I was going to GBC for a program. We were singing Calvary Road. I was playing the keyboards and so on. We were going to record on television. And when I got to Dankwa Circle, I saw that there was no car on the road. From Dankwa Circle to Circle, there was no car. And we could hear boop, 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 from broadcasting. And we realized that there was something serious happening. And my mother said, that, don't go. You know, but I went as far as that question, and I said, no, this one, if I go, I'll die. <laughs> and some people died because the day before I was there, and I talked to a soldier, and I hear he was killed that Sunday morning. Sunday morning, just like this. But the point I'm trying to make is that things going on, if you don't stay under shelter, and you take yourself to somewhere where you shouldn't be, you will have yourself to blame. You will have yourself to blame for whatever happens to you. And what God is telling us, in 1995, it is important for us to stay under the house and the shelter that God is providing for us. What is this shelter and what is this house? There are two ways and two types of houses that God has. Two types of shelters that God has. Hallelujah. The first one is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want us to look at that. Look in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's read verse 16. It says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. The Bible is here saying that God's temple, we are the temple of God as individuals and as a group. Now, that temple is where we need to be within so that God can keep us and God can protect us. Now, when we talk about, yesterday I was sharing about people not striving lawfully. There are some people who don't want to belong to any church. You don't, you don't want to belong to it. You don't want to commit yourself anywhere. You just want to rove around. Today you are here, today I'm visiting this church, and a lot of people, they are just visiting. They don't want to be committed. They don't want to settle down anywhere. And I want to announce to you today that in 1995, if we want to receive the goodness of God, it's time for us, hallelujah, to do things the way they must be done. Come under the shelter that God is providing. Somebody said, what shelter is it? I want to tell you, it's a spiritual shelter. You see, in the realm of the spirit, just as sheep have a shepherd in the natural, we also, we are sheep. And Jesus is our great shepherd. But apart from Jesus Christ, he has given certain people to be shepherds. And even though we do not watch you physically, in the spirit realm, we are watching over your souls. As the pastor of this church, I am watching over your soul. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 that for they watch, obey them that have the rule over you. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they will do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable unto you. 
we watch for your soul you may not see us watching you may not see me watching but when I stand in the realm of the spirit I stand in a particular office and when I stand up there's a particular anointing upon me there's a particular responsibility upon me whether I am there with you physically or I am not there with you physically when I stand in the realm of the spirit I stand as the shepherd of this church and I watch in the spirit realm not with physical eyes because physically you can never watch even my own wife I cannot watch her she goes to work in the morning and she comes in. I don't know what she does at work I cannot vouch for her at 11 20 23 what she's doing I have no idea but in the realm of the spirit we are watching over your souls and I want to tell you if you don't have a shepherd you see let me tell you, you must be able to point to somebody and say this is my pastor yeah you must be able to point that this is my pastor and when you say this is my pastor it's not you're not just saying it you mean it it's real whether you are older than the pastor or you are younger than the pastor the pastor can be your grandchild or your child or the is less educated than you you must be able to point and say this is my pastor and if we want to stay under the protection of God if we want to stay under his shelter so that we can be blessed in all that we do then we have to stay under his shelter that he has provided that's the church of God as a temple because I'm sorry to announce to you that the storms they will come you see God does not promise you a life of storm free situations God never promised us just joy and happiness from day one to the end no Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all there are people in this church who don't have children who are praying for children but they don't have children there are people in this church who are died before their time and there may be some people who would die before their time there are people in this church who are very 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 poor in fact after church today they, they, they will not know how they will eat there are people in this church whose home situation is just fire. You and your wife is fire. You and your husband is fire. There are people who don't know which way to turn next. These are realities that are with us in the church. And these are the storms that God is talking about. Which he has not exempted you and me from. If God had exempted, why would I be in Zurich and my father would die? Why should I be in Zurich and my father? Why should I not be by, by my father's bedside even if he's dying for me to say bye-bye or even to pray with him? As I start standing somewhere and, you know, it's, it's apart from everything, it's also very expensive. Why should some of these things happen? Sometimes, you, I tell you, because Jesus says something, that the man who built, listen carefully, the man who built his house on the rock, and the man who built his house on the sand, they had exactly the same experience. If you look at the adjective, the Bible says that the storm beat vehemently. The same word was used for the house. Vehement on the sand, vehement on the rock. Do you think that because you built your house on the rock, the thing is not going to come to you in that way? It's going to come. God has promised it. Because this is the real world in which we live. Do you think that when it rains, even though this is a church, it rains harder over there and this place is spared? No! It rains in the same way. And everybody here is, you are in real situations. People don't know how they're going to move forward. Some people have been trying to get beloveds for a long time and the beloveds, every time they, they go to a beloved, the, beloved, the, the proposed beloved says, no, I don't like your face. People are trying to marry, it doesn't work. People are trying to do business, and the thing is just not turning out. These are the storms that God has said will come, not may come. Me as a pastor, I have storms. Oh, there are a lot of storms that I stand, and I, the storm is beating me, and I say, hey, hey, today is today. You may not know. Don't think when you see Pastor Eddie standing here, singing and pastor Eddie looks so nice don't think that he never quarrels with his wife he quarrels with his wife <laughs> if he doesn't quarrel with his wife he should stand up and say so now 
you'll find out that even though he is so anointed and he's such a nice pastor, how many will say that Pastor Eddie is the nicest pastor in the church? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean that at all. Because, listen, I say, I want you to use the, look at the word. It said, the stock, it beat. The thing is beating you. The beating was not only for the, the sandy house. The beating was for the rocky house. Vehemently. Vehemently was for those who are in lighthouse and those who are not in lighthouse. The same economic situation which you are subjected to. Do you think that pastors, we find it easy to buy petrol? Every time we buy petrol, we, 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 we wince. It is painful for That is why we've all fixed gas in our car and then the gas too is not coming. Because we are under exactly the same. We also have salaries. I mean, we don't, we don't live, we don't go into the, uh, after where all the pastors run down to the office. They take one basket. Everybody take one and take one home. No, we don't do that. <laughs> we also have salary and we have to plan with the salaries that we have just to how to survive, how to buy petrol, how to live. There's no check for anybody in the church. Because God has said it's a principle that you must understand, Percy, instrumentalist, that if you don't stay under God's shelter, what will happen to those who are outside is the same thing that is going to happen to those who are inside. And if you want to be blessed, if you want to survive when the storm comes, you must stay under the shelter that God has said must be so. Hallelujah. Shelter number one, the being part of the church. There are some people here, you are trying to backslide. Do you know what that means? You are, it means you are trying to sleep outside. You are trying to sleep outside your house. You are trying to be a dog or a cat. You are trying to sleep outside the building. There's a building, you want to sleep outside. That's what you are trying to do. There are people here, today is, you are coming to church today because today is the first of January. The first Sunday of the year. And that is why you are here. But after that, we won't see you. May God deliver you from that. Because I'll tell you something. Me as a pastor, I am afraid not to come for fellowship. I am afraid not to come for pastor. He's also afraid. You, you are not afraid. Even within the shelter, they ask, you know that if it rains today, those sitting upstairs... By these windows, they will all run away. Do you know that maybe those sit, I don't know, we are yet to experiment and see, those sitting out by, by the columns here, when it rains, it is possible that they will have to move. But do you know that those sitting right in the center here, or even better still, those under here, oh, they will be laughing all the way through the service. Because in the shelter, there is shelter of shelters. Everybody say shelter of shelter. Within the church, there are those who are part of ministries. There are those who are mean in, in you are in the fellowship. There are those who are part of it. And even so, you are part of something. You're not just your name written in there, just that you come to church on Sunday morning. You are part. And so if, you, if there's something, you are really near and under the protection of Almighty God. But there are those who are far away. And I'm speaking to you that in 1995, decide, look, make a quality decision. It's like giving your life to Christ. That you are going to bring yourself fully under the shelter that God has provided in his church. We are the temple of God. Decide that in 1995. You must be able to point, this is my pastor. This is my ministry shepherd. This is my fellowship shepherd. Then we know that you are serious. It has been proved that those who are not participating in anything in the church, after about six months, they are likely to leave the church. They are likely to go outside the building. Those who are nearer the wall, they are likely to go out earlier. How many know that when we close, is the people here who immediately they are outside? Those inside, it takes some time, even if you want to go, even if you are trying to backslide and trying to go out of it, it takes time because all these people have to go first. Hallelujah. Up there, there's a man there. 
God is telling me to tell you, reorganize your life and put God in his proper place. Put the church in his proper perspective. The church must be your second home. The church must be your second home. The church must be the place you come to most. Otherwise, where are you going? Apart from your work, where are you going? Where? Please, where are you going? Yeah. Where, where else do you go to? Where, where do you want to go? Visiting, visiting who? Visiting the church. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm, I'm very serious about what I'm saying. Visiting the church. The church is your home. It's your shelter. You may not know, you may not know, you may not see it physically, but I tell you, it is real. And do you know that me, I stand here, I'm preaching and so on, you shout, you say hallelujah, you introduce me and so on. It's very nice. But on the judgment day, I am going to be one of the hottest people. Because I'm going to stand and account for people. Do you know that? I'm going to, God is going to call me and start talking, this person, this person, this person, God give me a list of people who have gone to hell. Where are they? It's going to call way back from when I became a shepherd in, 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 in school. And it's, I'm going to account. It's nice to clap for me today, but I'm in a very hot spot. Because in reality, I am watching over your soul. And I must account one day. And that is why I'm saying what I'm saying. And I'll, say, I'll tell the Lord that, look, first January I told them. So I'm free. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll transfer the thing back to you. But don't think that I'm going to account and I'm going to tell, them, I'm going to tell the Lord what I told you. Number two, shelter. What did that thing say? He said that the man who obeys the word of God, he is the one who is in the house. When the storm comes and the storm goes, he's still in the house. His furniture is still there. It's not wet. His house is still standing. It's not destroyed. He is the one who obeys the word of God. Listen to me, church. I want to speak to you all. It's time for us to obey. You know, this is what God has been crying. Look, in these large churches here, there are all sorts of people here. <laughs> there are all sorts of people, even just within the choir. All sorts of people. All sorts of people. People who pray and people who don't pray. People who don't even read the Bible ever. You come to church, the only Bible that you see is what has been read. If I ask you to quote a verse right now, if I start to move through the crowd, and I say, stand up, quote a scripture, you will see trouble in the church. But I'm telling you, listen to me. There is a difference between those who read their Bible, those who listen to cassettes, and those who don't. And in 1995, you are going to see the difference. You know, I have a feeling, like Reverend Adebo said, God must begin to kill people in the church. People who lie. People who steal. People who murder babies by abortion. People who fornicate. And when God kills people, the church will begin to grow more. Because when God killed people, Ananias and Sapphira, when they died, the church rather increased. Everybody was afraid. Hey, listen to me. Let me tell you. It's, going to, it's not going to cost you. It's going to pay for you to straighten up your life with God. I want to say that those who don't pray, you must begin to pray. You must begin to wake up at dawn and pray, please. Look, I'll tell you, we all sit in church. It's so nice. You see, look at these gentlemen here. They are so beautiful. Nice shirt, nice everything. But it's only Jesus. When Jesus comes, that's when suddenly you see the difference. Maybe everybody will go then. These, some few people here will be left. You'll be surprised that when Jesus comes, the whole row will go. Then two people, one, two, they'll be left. They'll look behind. Everybody has gone. But that is the only way we can see. And that is why I'm speaking to you. Let's be real. Look, you know something? Look at me. I try to be transparent. I tell you things about myself. I tell you things about even my shepherds and so on. I tell them things which I don't say here. The pastors, I say things which I don't say because I want you to know what is real and that I'm real. There's no pretending. What we say is what we are. It's, it's, and listen to me. The polish on death, God deliver us from it. The fake things that are not real. God removed them from the church in 1995. 
May the storms come and blow all those things away. May the wind of God come in and remove the chaff and the wheat and, and the, the, from the tares, separate them. May those that are not living their life, may the wind of God blow them out. May there be a difference between Egypt and Israel in 1995. And the difference will be seen by whether you are under the shelter and the shadow of the Almighty God. Whether you obey the word of God or whether the preaching is on and 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 on for nothing. Whether it's just dancing and singing, dancing and singing, anybody can dance and sing. But I believe in 1995, it's a time for coming under the shelter of God. You know what? Because when the storms blow and they are going to begin to blow, things that are not real are going to shake. I was telling you yesterday about a church which was 11,000 members. When I say 11,000, I don't mean 11,000 computer records. I don't mean 11,000 chairs. I mean 11,000 human beings, members. You know, when they count church members, they count them anyhow. But I'm talking about 11,000 church members. And Reverend Adeboe, as I was telling you yesterday, said he went there. He was, he was going by and he decided to go to the church to see. They were there. 300 people left. Because when the storm comes, everything that is not real will be blown away. And then you begin to see what is real. This year, there's going to be a difference between those who pray and those who don't pray. I predict it. There's going to be a difference between those who pray and those who do not pray. Mark it. I'm not blessing or cursing. I'm just stating a fact. There's going to be a difference between those who study the word, those who know the word, those who have the word within themselves, and those who do not have it. There's going to be a difference between shepherds who do what they are supposed to do and those who don't. In 1995, there's going to be a difference in the businesses of the believers who stand and do what God has asked them to do and do who do things righteously. There's going to be a difference. Mark it. There's going to come a difference in the marriages of people who pray. Wives who want children, wives who want peace in their home. Listen to me. There's going to be a difference between the woman who prays and the woman who does not pray. Peace is going to come into your home. Life is going to come into your life. We're going to see the difference. Those who pray and those who don't pray. Some women think that everything that they, everything that they want to get, they can get it by arguing. They can get it by fighting. There are some people, they look very gentle on the outside, but if you meet them face to face, there are only two lions in the Accra Zoo. You, you'll be the third. They look very peaceful, but when they remove certain skins, they become the third lion of Akrazu. There are only two lions, and they are always sleeping because they are hungry. <laughs> but there's going to be a difference between the woman with direction and the woman who does not have direction. Between the woman who knows how to pray and the woman who does not know how to pray. Hear me at the back there. Those, of, those who come to church early and those who come to church late, there's going to be a difference. Because I tell you, you, the storms are going to blow. I believe this is what God... You know, I asked myself. I said to myself, oh God, look at the great men of God who have gone before us. I asked myself that when Jimmy Swaggart fell into sin, why didn't God kill him in an accident before he was exposed? You know Jimmy Swaggart. He was on CNN and so on. They're one of the best preachers in the world, even up to today. I asked myself that, why didn't God let him die before he was exposed and disgraced? So that God would just cover the whole thing. I asked myself that Jim Baker, one of the greatest men of God, PTL on television and so on in America for many, many years. Very simple man. He was arrested and put into prison. And I asked myself that, God, why didn't you let this man die? So that we will all say, oh, the man was sick and he died. And we will all be mourn for him and say, we'll meet him in heaven. Why did you allow him to be exposed and then sentenced to life imprisonment? And put in prison and to disgrace the whole body of Christ? I asked myself that, God, why? 
And I asked myself that if I also go and get myself involved instead, will God take my life or will God allow me to be exposed? <laughs> and I asked myself that question and you know what the answer is? And I said, listen, God is tired of sweeping the dirt under the carpet. Even if it costs God to change the reputation of his church so that his church will look like something that is not real. You know, people, when you say this church, you say, what's the name of your church? They, they think it's something very funny. What's if God even has to disgrace us, every day you read, pastor grab, pastor this, this and that. If God has to do all that and expose it, God is going to do it. You ask yourself that. You, maybe you are an important member in the church. You feel that you are important and God is going to protect you so that you can do what you, you want to do. You will be surprised. In 1995, God is going to allow his storms to come. And he's going to allow the storms to blow. And those that are really under the shelter are going to remain. And those that are not will, will be gone. You will see it by the end of the year. I believe it. If God will not spare his men whom he has elevated and promoted to the highest of heights, will he spare you and will he spare me? No. Because judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. I believe that God is going to raise up a church, a beggar church, but a church of holiness. A church of true righteousness. So that the days where people come and say that a church member of yours was fighting at Barclays Bank with uh, somebody's wife because she's the girlfriend of the husband, a, a member of this church. God is, God is fed up with rubbish, with nonsense, which does not represent the church of God. It does not represent, you don't represent us. That's not what we do. That's not what we believe. God is tired of nonsense. People who are even, even people who are Christians, who are artisans, who work, you cannot rely on them. God is tired of rubbish. Your business will be blown away. And people who are ready to work and do what must be done, they will do it. Hear the word of the Lord today. Because the storms of the Lord... The storms, not even the storms of the Lord, but the storm which must come. Do you think I've not been tempted? I've been tempted over and over. Do you think I've not passed through certain storms? Ha, I've passed through over and over and over. The fact that I'm here means that I've passed several tests. And there are more coming. But the fact that I'm here means that I've gone through several things to stand here. And for you to get to a place of promotion in the Lord and in anything that you do, you are going to have to pass through several tests. There are women, God is not going to open your womb until you decide to be stable in the marriage. You see, there are some people, they are not getting a child, they want to leave. God is going to test your heart and see what, what you are made out of. The storms will come. God is going to see what, what you are really made out of, what you are like. There are people who want to be pastors, but God is going to pass through to things that are going to happen. And you wonder whether you are still supposed to be there. And if you are still there, because when you are under and you are obedient to the word of God, you are humble, you are doing what God wants you to do, then when the storm comes, it does, it does not have the ability to blow you away. You still remain. God is going to blow away pride. Do you know one thing God does not have in this church, in his church, is pride? There is no big shot in this church. There is no big shot in this church. There is no chair where your name is written upon. There is nobody who anything depends on. Go and ask anybody. Come and find out. There is no one. Because God does not encourage pride. Of course, we give honor to whom honor is due. There are some people that deserve certain respect. And of course, we do and we practice it. But there is no one in, in whom who is elevated beyond what he must be elevated within the church of God. God is going to do away with pride. You know, it gets to a point, when you are proud, you can't even rejoice before the Lord. When you see somebody rejoicing before the Lord, you think that the person is mad. You think the person is playing the buffoonery. Do you know what the buffoonery is? Do you know what the buffoonery is? When, when it gets to a point where we cannot even dance before the Lord, you rather become a spectator. You become a spectator. Because you are proud. Because you are, you are so stiff and you are something. God is going to blow. When the storm comes, pride is going to be blown away. Let me inform you. Things that are high and lifted up. That is why many of our church members are young. 
That is why many of our church members are poor. The majority, look, where there is a large crowd, there are not many cars. You just take it as a note, right? You can write it down. Where there is a large crowd, there are not many cars. You see cars, but compared to them, because the majority of people in Ghana don't have cars and are poor. And that's what the Bible says that for you see your calling. Not many rich, not many noble, not many uh, mighty are called. First Corinthians 1 26. Not many are called. There are not many of those things. There's the, 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 just ordinary people. You look at our faces, we look simple people. Even those that are rich, they look so simple. This year, God is going to do it. And I thank God, you know. Nobody can say that, oh, he built the church for the church. For the, for the church. We'll be happy if somebody was to... But nobody can say that. Nobody has done it. <laughs> yeah. God is going to do away with that in 1995. Listen to me, fornicators. Fornicators, continue. Would they continue? You continue doing what you are doing. Now I hand you over to God. Because there are too many of you. You play, people playing around, playing around with unbeliever, man, continue. We hand you over to them. The fire of God is going to burn you. You are, you will come running. You will come running. And say, Pastor, pray for me. Now you are pregnant, we should pray for you. We lay hands on you say, Amen, in Jesus' name, who is the father of your child? When the child comes out and that you are not getting any husband because the man who should marry you, although you look very young and very fresh, you have a child following you like that. Child is following you, child is following you, and he's growing, he's growing, he's growing, he's growing. Now he's at your back here. Who should marry you? Adulteress, continue. God is going to expose. He's going to use AIDS. He's going to use gonorrhea and so on. We were so wise. Hey, we got penicillin. And penicillin, when you give you penicillin, oh, then the whole thing is gone. And after some time, the penicillin wasn't working. So we got a special type of pen penicillin, PPNG. Do you remember that, doctors? PPNG, it's a special type of penicillin. And so we give it to you. When the, uh, 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 what do you call it, juice is coming out, the, uh, uh, what do you call that thing, uh, pass or, 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 or discharge, brownish discharge is coming, then the thing is not something, then you give yourself injection, boom! PPNG, hey, I'm free. Tomorrow I'll go again. Go. You go. Oh, now you are free. Continue your ways. You are stealing in your office. You are a liar. You, you tell your boss lies. You, you didn't come to work. You tell him that you were sick. You were not sick. You went to Cape Coast. You were not sick. And you are a born again Christian. Hey, look, let me tell you something. God is, God is looking at all these things as if they are nothing. A Christian, you should be the highly recommended person at your workplace. You should be the one who your boss trusts most of all. That with every confidential issue, if you are not there, at least for trust, you can be relied upon. If you don't come, you are the most reliable. Something has happened. But today we have Christians who are the most unreliable people. And God is saying that in 1995, the storms are going to blow. The things that are not under his plan, that do not obey his word, they are going to be blown and wiped away. Market. You steal, you steal, you steal. You are one of the thieves. And there are thieves in this church. If, if God has not, let him that stole steal no more. Would he say that there were not thieves in the church? Even then, there were thieves. People's handbags get missing from church. Uh, of course, $20 got missing from the stage. Our, our cable got missing. Somebody stole 100,000 CDs. People steal money from the office and so on. There are thieves in the church. I'm saying this thing. It's not that there are more thieves in this church than in any other church. There are other churches where there are more. I only that I'm saying it. I tell you the wind of God is going to blow and you will begin to wonder why these things are happening to you. And you know these days when people come with problems, I am less hasty to just fall in sympathy for things because sometimes I know that, hey, there is a background maybe which I don't know. You see a lady, she doesn't have a, a husband. You are praying, Lord, just bless this uh, 13, uh, uh, seven and a half year old lady, this uh, 49 year old lady. God bless her. Huh. Go inside the history small. You'll find out seven marriages that she has destroyed. Yes. You were working with ministers of state. They were taking you abroad. 
and you felt good when you see the wife, maybe even you were the maid in the house, and you'll be sleeping with the boss, and you come to church, and you feel that you are just doing what you, what you can do, and you see your, you see your boss, you see your, 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 your mistress, and you make yourself pastor because you have been sleeping with, with the master in the house. And you come to church and you lift up your hands. And you sing. Your hand will be converted into leprosy. Your hand will be converted into a crippling disease. Arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. And every kind of bony disorder will come upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. And you will come and say, Lord, pastor, pray for me. We'll pray for you. It will be as if we don't have faith or we are not anointed. But the sickness is greater than the prayer. Even when Benihim comes, you will, you will never get healed. <laughs> Benihim will come and stand here, you will never be healed. Hear me. The storms, I can hear it. You see, when, the, when, it's, going to, when it's going to rain, sometimes you can, you can just say, <laughs> the rain hasn't come, but it's coming. It's coming. And when it comes, Things that are not real will go down. Hear ye the word of the Lord. God says he's tired. There are people in the worship choir. Where are they today? Worship choir, you are about three times this number. Some of them are backsliding. People are having boyfriends. Hey, why don't you wait for your own? Do you think God does not know what you need? God has better things for you. Why spoil your life? Why spoil your chances? You go and get pregnant and then you have to go and do an abortion. Any man who sleeps with you before you are married, he doesn't love you. And number two, if any man takes you to the theater, do you know the theater? Abortion theater. He does not love you. He's going to scrape your womb. If you see it, if you ever see it, you'll be afraid. They use a metal, something like a spoon or a fork, and they'll put it inside and scrape, scrape it out. How can a baby go and sleep there one day? And you go that, and you, when you see, when you hear the doctor screaming, you hear a certain sound. And you are not afraid. You are not afraid. For five minutes that you take off your dress, nice person like you take off your dress, your panties, you take off your, and you are, you are there naked, you have become funny, like, like these mad people, you have, you have become some way. For five minutes, and when they, they have sex with you you, 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 you don't even enjoy it. It's like you are working. After that, theater, kolibu. And the blood will be after you go home, the bit, after you go home, you are bleeding. You can't come. When we say, ah, why didn't you come to say, Pastor, malaria, malaria. You are lying. It's not malaria. It's not malaria. And I want to tell you, man, you go and impregnate somebody, the person goes to commit abortion, you are equally responsible. There's blood on your hand. There's blood on your hand. There's blood on If you advise somebody to go and commit abortion, there's blood on your hand. If you are a lady and you advise them, go and abort. There's blood on your hand. You are partaking of that person's sins. And whenever blood falls on the ground, it cries out for revenge. Even the blood of babies, it cries and says, revenge, revenge. That is why the Bible says that when Abel was killed, his blood fell on the ground and cried to God, revenge. Sometimes we don't understand why the people of God have not been lifted up. Why people of God have not been exalted so high as they could be. Why the miracles and the power of God has not come as it ought to have come. Although we believe it, even if we die of sickness, we believe it. We believe it with all our heart. There's no doubt within our hearts. We believe in the power of God. We believe in healing. But why there's little or none of it in the church of God today? But I believe that the storm is coming. The wind has begun to blow. The axe is laid to the foot of the tree. Everything that the father did not plant will be removed. Mark my words. Mark my words. 
even a time will come where certain people will not be wanted in the house of the Lord. Your presence here will not let the Spirit of God flow and God will not allow you to come. You'll be coming to church, you'll die on the way. You'll die before you reach. Pastor is trying to curse us. I'm not cursing you. I'm telling you the truth. Up there, listen to me. Hear the word of the Lord. For God is speaking to his people. You see, the Bible says that he that often not been reproved, Proverbs 29, 1, that often had been reproved and hardened his neck, his neck shall be broken and that without remedy. If God speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks and you don't hear and you don't change your ways, your neck will be broken and that without remedy. There's no, ex- uh, 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 there's no way out of that. Now the last thing I want to say about the temple of the Lord is that this building is also the temple of the Lord. Turn your Bible to Second Chronicles chapter 6. Chapter 6. Take who help me. How many are going to stay in the shelter of Almighty God this year? Mm, hallelujah. Have you found it? Thank you, Jesus. We want to read from verse 1. It said, Then said Solomon, The Lord had said that he would help, he would dwell in the thick darkness. Let's all read only verse 1 together. Ready, go. Then said Solomon, The Lord had said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. Verse 2. But I have built an a house of habitation for thee and a place for thy dwelling forever. Amen. I want you to understand something. Hallelujah. That whether you believe it or you like it or not, very softly please, a building can be a habitation for God. God can be in a place and God is in places. Because here, even before the New Testament, the Bible says that God said, I will dwell in thick darkness. But the Bible says that Solomon still built a habitation for God. Now let's read on in 2 Chronicles verse 7. Now it was in the heart of, my, of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord God. But the Lord said to David, For as much as in thy heart to build a house for my name, thou didst well in that it was in thine heart. Oh, hallelujah. Notwithstanding, thou shalt not build a house, but thy son which shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build a house for my name. But I want you to notice verse 8, the second part, the B part. It says, Thou didst well in that it was in thine heart. Thank you. Look at, look at me, everyone. I'm closing. I'm just ending now. But I want to say something. I want to say that God does not live on this earth per se. God lives in the heavens and God is everywhere. But what I want you to be aware of is that a building can be built for the Lord and the Lord can have that place as his habitation. You see, when Moses went out to feed his sheep and so on, he came across a burning bush. When he came to the burning bush, the Bible says that a voice came, Exodus chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, it said, Take off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the ground whereon thou standest is holy ground. There was just a part of the normal landscape, of the normal desert, of the normal everything. But God had come to a particular place, and at that place he said, Remove thy feet, my sh- thy shoes from off thy feet. For the ground whereon thou standest is holy ground. Now I want you to see that there are so many, there are so many lands here. There are so many buildings around us. But God has chosen former Ofer Cinema to be a building for his habitation. If you believe that, lift up your hand and shout yes! Shout yes! Oh, hallelujah! And God said something. He said that you did well in that it was in your heart. I believe that all of us, this church is your second home. 
Everybody say, this church is my second home. Say, my church is my second home. Now God is saying that you did well in that it was in your heart to build the house of the Lord. And I want us this year to finish this building. If you believe that we can do it, lift up your hand and shout, yeah. yeah. Say, we can do it. We will do it. And I believe that this church building is going to be a place of shelter. A time is going to come where, you know, you need help. You run to the church. And you see, you need to have a spot on the ground where you can point to and say, this is my church. And I believe the Lord has brought us very far. And as a church, we need to come together with strength and decide that we are going to finish what we have started. I don't believe in spending too much money. You know, that's, so because of that, even I've changed a lot of plans that I had and so on. Because I don't think that it's necessary for us to spend, overspend money and just waste a lot of money doing certain extravagant things. I want us to finish this building in a simple way. Hallelujah. So that it gets completed. Once it's very decent and very nice and, and beautiful, it does not have to be, you know, so expensive that, you know, you, you, we cannot... because. Just by being so expensive, we will never finish. But I want us to just finish it and make it a beautiful, decent place where the Lord will be with us. And you come here. When you come here, there's a presence here already. I tell you, we are going to dedicate this building. I don't know who exactly is going to dedicate the building, but I believe a great man of God is going to come and stand here and dedicate this building. Hallelujah. And we are going to pray certain prayers here that when you come into the house of the Lord and you pray, God will forgive you for your sins. When you come to the house of the Lord, you will be saved. You will be healed. We're going to pray that these things will come and abide and stay in this building. And in all the other churches that we have, that we are going to build. And this year, I want us as a church to decide. You decide. Let it be in your heart. Even if you yourself cannot actually do it, let it be in your heart that we are going to build the house of the Lord. God said to David, although David never built it, that it was in your heart. You did well. Everybody say, you did well. Turn to somebody, look at the person and say, you did well. Because it was in your heart. Hallelujah. How many can say that it is in your heart to finish the house of the Lord today? How many can really say that it is in your heart? It is in your heart. It is in your heart. God bless you. Put down your hands. Now, I remember some months ago, I was with some people in London. And I saw a certain sister who had been in this church some years ago. And she said to me, oh, we are still with you. <laughs> we, are, we are really part of the church. I said, oh, I see. She said, oh, we are with you. And I, I began to listen carefully to what she was saying. Listen carefully. She said, oh, pastor, we are with you in every way. I said, oh, I see. So I began to listen to the ways in which she was with us. Everybody say the ways, which, the ways she was with us. So I listened carefully and she began. She said, I think about you. Everybody say, I think about you. <laughs> he said, oh, we, we even pray for you. Say, so we pray. And then I think she couldn't find anything else to say. And she said, and I was waiting to hear what she would say, in what way she is actually with us. And she continued, because I was wanting to hear, because this was a member of the church, got married here, everything and so on. So I was waiting to see how, in what ways, is the person with us now. Pastor, we are with you. We think about you. We even pray for you sometimes. And what I, so I was waiting to, I was waiting to hear. I was waiting to hear. I was waiting to hear. She's going to say, she's going to say, she's going to say that, oh, and we are even sending money to support the work of God that you are doing. I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and she continued to say, we are thinking about you. Thank you for your nice thoughts. But everybody is thinking about ourselves. Hallelujah. We are all thinking about ourselves. I want to tell you something. If somebody says he loves you, Bible says that love not in word, and in, 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 love not in, in, in word, but in deed and in truth. If your brother is hungry, and we are not hungry, we are not in need of the money, but I just wanted to see the extent of the support. And I want to say that we must rally ourselves together and decide to finish this building. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost money. And we are going to have to sacrifice again. Amen. 
Oh, I said amen. amen. And it's nice for us to shout. This is a shouting and singing church. It's nice to dance. But let me tell you something. You know, I want you to, listen, you may have everything in this world. When you stand before Almighty God, what will you stand and what, what will you say? Do you not realize that it's only what you have contributed to the work of the Lord that is going to matter, that is going to count? Are you not aware of that? And I want to speak to everyone here because there are people who can do greater things than they are doing. There are people who don't pay first and best. Today is first and best food. I wonder how many people are going to pay their first and best. There are people who don't, they say, we are there with us. They shout, yeah, we can do it, and so on. We say, Benihin is coming here, this and that and that. They shout and so on. But when it comes to the real, when it comes to the cash, uh-huh, then people withdraw. And people have their own things to do. Real support. Look, if somebody says he loves you, if he's your father, your mother, what, the person will give you money. My father always gave me money. He gave me a lot of money. I had more money when I was a student than when I was working. If somebody cares for you, he'll give you money. Or something, you can feel it. Because that is what people feel the pinch about. The person really loves you. you. You love somebody, you want to give the person a present on his wedding day, and you go and buy a set of glasses, and you know that about 300 people are also going to bring glasses. And somebody said, oh, it's not, the, it's not the gift, it's the thought. Is that the thought you are thinking about somebody? Then your thoughts are very, very, very some way. But I believe, hallelujah, that we can do it. And we are going to do it from our little and our much. I'm talking about money. I said, I'm talking about money. I'm saying to us, I'm saying to those who God has lifted up in the church, God has made you financiers of the church, arise and do your job. There are people in this church, a lot of people, if you ask them to give offering, they can't give more than 50 CDs or 20 CDs. Not because they don't want to, that's what they have. Look around, look at the faces. Many people cannot give even 100 CDs. Do you know that? Do you know that when you count first and best, so it is a certain group of people whose first and best actually counts to help make the church go on. But the large majority of the people are poor. And those who God has blessed, it's time for you to rise up and do what you have to do. And support the work of God. And let's move on. We are building that toilet that you see next door. It's going to go down soon. It's going to be demolished. And we are going to spend 40 million cities to build it. 40 million. And we are going to dash it to the government. 40 million cities. That is the estimate from last year. So, of course, the estimate is going to go up. God is going to help us. Because we can't have that exploding uh, uh, bombshell next to us anymore. And we need to have a car park. How many believe that you can, we can do it? Just lift up your hand and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I will give. Lord, I will support. Put down your hands. Stand to your feet, please. believe that there's going to be a physical shelter oh hallelujah there's going to be a church office maybe your husband will beat you you will come to the church office and maybe even there's a place that will put you to rest you just be there and relax you think it's not real everybody says it's real it's very real you think that Christians don't beat their wives Christians beat their wives Otherwise, why would we have, a, have, have pastors? Everything that happens, every storm that comes somewhere, it comes also to the house of the Lord. But I believe we are going to build a house that will be a shelter. Everybody say a shelter. Say a house that is a shelter. A church that is a home. Or a place that you would like to come and you would not like to go when you are there. A place that we can, you know, move out and be free and just be in the presence of God. A place where we can come and you don't have any agenda. There's no meeting place. There's no meeting, but you just want to come around. A home. A shelter. That is another shelter that the Lord is bringing. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Close your eyes. And just commit yourself to the Lord this year. And say, Lord... I want everybody, please close your eyes. Just concentrate on the Lord for a few minutes as we close. And say, Lord, I give myself to you.
let me be under your shelter in 1995 because the storms are coming whether it is the spiritual temple or the physical temple let us put ourselves under and let us abide under that temple let us finish the temple of God and let us abide within that temple blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ God is a shield around us God is a shelter the church of God is, is, is a corporate fellowship it's something that brings us together under a banner with a shepherd watching over your soul and you need it you need it you need it we need it I need it you need it we need it oh Jesus oh Jesus oh Jesus oh Jesus oh Jesus God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.